What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Church. Here we are in part two of our series, Relationships Are Awesome. I had a great time last week with my wife uh, speaking Um, today. I am flying solo with the word, um, and we're excited to dive into this. And so um, before I jump in, just wanted to give you a question, um, and please, um, if you want to send us a DM or anything like that, but here it is. Um, This is in reference to next week. But what are some questions you have about your relationship with your parents? And so this came from our community directly from some people in our community that wanted to kind of bring this into this series is adults and their relationship with their parents and that dynamic. So we're going to be talking about that next week. So once again, what are some questions you have about your relationship with your parents? And if you want to DM us, Do it. You can DM us, you can email us, you can text us um, our number, our email, all that. You can can text us to our number, uh, 323-405-3232, or you could email us, um, hello at hopelandla.com, or you can just DM us, direct message us on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, all right? So there we go. Um, Let me pray, and we're going to jump into today's message. Um, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Speak to us, change us, challenge us, and allow us even through your word to experience the love, grace, and truth of who Jesus is. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's wonderful, sanctified, and holy people said amen. All right, there we go. Let's turn in our Bibles. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. I'm going to open with this. It's not very difficult to find relationships about, sorry, scriptures about relationships in the word of God. And so here we go, 1 Peter 3, verse 8. It reads, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Uh, Be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil. Um, Or... Uh, reveling for reveling or reviling. I think you should pronounce it reviling. Uh, But on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Um, Fascinating. Here, when you read this, just obviously, obvious encouragement to be compassionate to one another. Love is brothers. He's speaking of of the church the family of God, the household of faith, that we ought to be compassionate to one another, love as brothers, we're the family of God, tenderhearted, courteous. And it says, not returning evil for evil. What is he saying? That there is potential even within the house of God, within the, the community of God's people, that evil can be done. Even if it's not intentional, it's possible that somebody in local church community, in the family of God, within the body of Christ, that doesn't treat you right. And he's saying that, that obviously he's saying that there's a context for this, that that will happen through people, even God's people. So we have to learn to not return evil for evil. 
and, and, and all that good stuff. So what are we going to talk about today in reference to even just that verse, like really setting us up? And it's this here, and I'm going to give you two questions, and we're going to try to answer these to some degree today. But here they are. But like, how do I navigate the complexity of relationships? Okay? Because it's talking about compassion here in 1 Peter 3, love, tenderhearted, courteous. But it also says, hey, don't return evil for evil. He's speaking to the church, okay, um, directly. He's not speaking in this context to people outside the body of Christ. He's speaking to those within. And he's saying, hey, guys, when something is done wrong to you by somebody in the church community, don't do wrong to them, okay? But once again, how do I navigate the complexity of relationships? And here, we're going to try to answer this as well. Um, here's the next one. How do I reap the benefits of relationships, right? And so um, there we go. Um, the nature of relationships is that they are fulfilling and they are difficult. That is the nature of people. That's what people come with. They come with fulfillment and love and compassion and grace and the purpose of God. And they come with, in the, in, in the Christian context, they come with the very nature of Jesus in them. And that is awesome and beautiful and it is a blessing. But every human being also comes with complexity and difficulty. So relationships are both all the feels and all the friction. Uh, this is the nature of them. So what are we going to try to answer today? Because of that, we must learn to navigate the complexity that they come with, right? And you can interchange the word complexity with whatever word you want. How to navigate the difficulty of relationships, how to navigate the tension of relationships, how to navigate the friction that people cause us and us them. But also, how do we reap the benefits? How do we reap, how do we navigate the difficulty and how do we reap the benefits? And so, um, even in the midst of the difficulty of relationships that they come with, this is part of the reality of people, but it is also part of our, our own spiritual growth and maturity that there's something about the difficulty and friction and the complexity of others that in God, in Christ, can actually contribute to our own spiritual growth and maturity. Like, that learning how to navigate that is a blessing. Like the actual difficulty, I understand it's not like, oh, I'm so blessed. I'm surrounded by a bunch of difficult people. No, but in the context of that difficulty, God has a way of maturing us in and through it. And God just doesn't mature us in these rosy, pillowed environments. Um, comfort is not necessarily the environment or space that um, we're going to grow in. Sometimes we actually can stunt our growth if we try to insulate ourselves from people, situations, and all that. We're gonna get into this, okay? And so here it is. But even in the midst of the difficulty of relationships and people, the truth here, okay, is that God's goodness is experienced in and through relationships. Uh, we see this in the scripture. We see this with um, Samuel, 
and even Eli, that even though Eli was a mess, God used Eli in Samuel's life. Even though um, David at points was a mess, God used Nathaniel and Samuel in his life. Even King Saul, like even though that relationship uh, with David was not what we would look at and say, man, that's a really healthy relationship. But God still navigated David through that and actually brought correction to David's life, even in him having to process and deal with this very um, tough, difficult relationship um, with, with King Saul, okay? So anyway, we can go on and on. But once again, let me say this one more time. The truth, the truth is this. God's goodness is experienced in and through relationships. I'm gonna say it one more time for all of the people in the back today. The truth is that God's goodness is experienced in and through relationships. And so this is our next point. All right, this is it. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Uh, you can apply this to any area of your life. You could just apply this to your life, okay? We're talking about relationships, but this, this right here is saying a lot. I think this is something that we all need to turn back on, go back to, return to, think about, is this right here? Because of people, because people sometimes, man, we're all over the place. We're up and we're down. We're, 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 sometimes we're straight, sometimes we're crooked, like sometimes, right? So people are just unpredictable. Can I get an amen at times? Some more unpredictable than others. Um, and so just in our human nature, it just comes with complexity and stuff. So here it is. So at the onset, this is so important, but let me say it. Make God's word your standard of healthy. Okay, so your standard of healthy, your stand, like our standard of life, right, is God's word. But when we talk about relationships, we must look at the word of God, look at the word in its entirety and, and view it with a healthy lens ourselves and say, man, God's word is our standard of healthy. Jesus is our standard of healthy. And so if there's something in our relationship or in our own approach toward people and our own attitude, mindset, whatever. Um, if it's not in line with the word, then we need to surrender that. We need to, we need to submit that to the Lord. We need to say, God, renew my mind. Lord, we need to seek the Lord in prayer, right? Like, but let's, let's decide, man, we're, we're believers, right? We're Christ followers. So let's make God's word our standard of healthy. Okay. And so let's look at it. Psalm 119. Verse 127 to 129, Psalm 119, and it reads, Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, than fine gold. Okay, um, verse 28, Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. Verse 29, 129, your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. So, I mean, I, I would venture to guess here, if you want to have a higher value for the word of God and kind of learn about the value of God's word and, and, and just what it does and how 
We need to be so endeared to it and study it and know it and all that good stuff. I'm telling you, the whole chapter of Psalm 119 is an amazing chapter because pretty much in every section of it, it's speaking of the eternal and absolute value of God's word in our life. And so I just want to land here on verse 128. Let me read it one more time. So we think about relationships, we think about attitudes, we think about responses, we think about our communication, we think about how we treat people, how they treat us, we think about all the dynamics of every relationship we're involved in. Here it is, Psalm 119, verse 128. Let's read this verse one more time. Therefore, all your precepts, speaking of his word, right? All your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. So, and it says here, I hate every false way. All right, so God's word is our standard of healthy. Jesus himself, when we look at him, we, 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 we grow in fellowship with him through his written word. We grow in knowledge of him through the word. We grow in knowledge of him through prayer. We grow in knowledge of him through staying obedient to what he's called us to do and how he's called us to live. Um, we are going to be able to view a relational context view our own approach toward people and say, wow, I, I need to I need to line up my own being with God's word here because it is right. I Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right, okay? So this, this, this is growth. This is a growth thing right here. This is a maturity thing. Why? Because we're gonna run into certain mindsets, ways of thinking, the way we communicate. We're gonna say, wow, that is not according to the word of God. That is not the fruit of the spirit, right? You know, um, and, and, and then we can also find ourselves in a relationship where we see this other person and they are walking with Jesus. And we're like, wow, this person, this situation, this relationship is healthy. Man, this thing's not perfect, but man, this is going to produce fruit in my life. The, the fruit of the spirit, the the fruit of righteousness, like we must be endeared to the word or we're going to look at unhealthy and think it's healthy or we're going to look at healthy and not realize that this is God's way, right? So we need to grow in our relationship with Jesus and our knowledge of the word because it must be the absolute standard of what healthy is in our life. And so why, why, why is this so important? Like it in and with respect to relationships is because Every one of us, our history in this life, in some way, has been tainted by the world. It has been tainted by hurt and wounds and abandonment and insecurity and maybe even abuse or addiction, um, you know, or just life. Maybe just um, unmet expectations, things you thought would happen didn't, um, whatever it might be. But in some way. Our history in this world has been marred. We've been marred or tainted by it in some way. And so whether it's a broken family, broken or unhealthy relationships, can be the very environment we grew up in. We've kind of adopted and absorbed mindsets, attitudes, just things in our soul. We just kind of absorb these things in life. And it's like we have adopted maybe unconsciously unholy, unhealthy mindsets concerning people and relationships. And so here we are, right? And we were at Bible study last night in our sermon review group. 
my wife was just talking about like, it's so important, the renewing of the mind, that we are transformed by the renewing of the mind. And that comes through the very word of God. That is how we are renewed, right? And so, and sometimes this, our history is tainted because to what we've done is we've either done two things. We have, because of the hurts, because of the trauma, we have avoided healthy relationships altogether. Uh, or relationships in general. We've kind of put ourselves in a cave. Even if we got people around us internally, we're closed off, we got walls up, we're not vulnerable to anybody, and we're just closed off and closed in, and that is not healthy. Or what we've done too uh, is we've put too much of our personal identity in a person or people. And when that person or those people um act sideways, do something wrong, hurt us, it destroys us because we have put too much stock in them. And uh, we need to walk through this tension of relationships that we are open, we're vulnerable, we're, 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 we're willing to take that risk with people. But then again, we understand that our faith and our identity is not wrapped up in them. And um, so, once again, once again, make God's word your standard of healthy. Which brings us to our next point. Um, and this was uh, this is my wife right here. And when we we're kind of processing and thinking through this together, she just said a phrase, and it stuck out to me so much. And here it is. You can't change the past, but you can't live in it either, right? And so we, 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 we must have this internal fortitude, as we talked about last week, and with respect to relationships, that, we're, that we can move on with the Lord. We got to learn to move on. We got to learn to press on with Jesus, right? We got to learn how to navigate. You know, there was a song in the 80s. Um, was it, I don't know who it was, but some 80s song and it was like, love is a battlefield, right? So <laughs> we could have probably called this, um, this sermon series, relationships are a battlefield and they are not that it's all bad, but, but the reality is this, the truth is this folks, we have to learn to pursue the Lord and move on with the Lord. And, and, and sometimes the reason we can't move on because we're not healed, but if we allow God to heal us and touch us and we forgive and we open up our heart to the Lord and we receive the Lord, we receive his word, we, 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 hear, we, we, we allow the truth to, to set us free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We abide in his word, his word abides in us. And you know, if we abide in his word, we are his disciples indeed. And, if, and, and, if, and we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. We gotta learn to receive the truth of God's word right now in our life, where we are, accept what's going on in other people as, okay, that's them, that's what they've done, but I must move on. You can't change the past, right? And, and you can't live in it either. We, we must learn to move on. You know, Paul told the Philippian church in Philippians chapter three that, um, you know, all about kind of pressing forward. He said, 
You know, I press towards the mark for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus or the high call of God in Christ Jesus. He also said, forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward to what is ahead. I, I lay hold of that which has laid hold of me. So we, we must learn. Everybody must learn to move on because sometimes even relationships that aren't like super hurtful and you got and it's like, you know, the relationship's over and you don't want to talk to any, each other anymore. But just sometimes because of seasons and shifting and changing and people moving and you moving and somebody, you're, you're friends with somebody and then they get married or you get married and they're not married yet, that relationship changes. And we must learn. I know it's a process. I know we're going to shed some tears along the way. But in God, I am telling you that he is with you and he's doing something in you. And just because a relationship shifts or the context shifts and changes, doesn't mean it's over for you. It just means that that relationship is shifting. We must learn to move on in life with God through the complexity of relationships. All right, can't change the past, but you can't live in it either. Come on, somebody say, man, can't live in it. Don't be living in it. It's over. It's done. There ain't no, we ain't got a time machine. We're moving forward in God. He has a hope and a future for you. All right, here's the next point. Next point. This is literally how it's written, how I wrote it. I think it'll make sense to everybody. But um, uh, ghosting is not cool. All right, can somebody say, man? Um, ghosting is not cool. I mean, we all know what that means. It's a term used now in our modern day world and culture, ghosting people. And so why is it not cool? And we're talking about this uh, in relationships. This is part of the navigating the difficulty of relationships. The way we navigate difficulty is not ghosting. All right. So here, let, let, let's, let's read through this um, quickly. It, number one, why? It hurts people. And it causes us, if we're the ghoster, all <laughs> right, I'm coming up with some new words here. If we're the ghoster, we, we're avoiding a maturity in our area. We're, we won't mature. If we just leave people like that, we won't mature. It hurts the other people, confuses them, hurts them, and we will not mature. Okay? Um, it takes internal fortitude. Here it is. If you're taking notes, write this down. If, if, if it takes internal fortitude to communicate in transition, as opposed to just ghosting people. It takes maturity, it takes internal fortitude. And we must do this. We're Christians. This is how we must navigate transition. Okay? So relationships are where we learn to communicate better than we have in the past. Right? So you might have been a ghoster or been ghosted. You know what I'm saying? But here, you're, we're, we're walking with the Lord though. And we're going to say, you know what? This environment of this relationship... I'm not going to do what I did in the past. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to ask God for some strength and some wisdom. And I am going to learn to communicate better in this one. Somebody say amen. Here's my next point. Speaks to everything we're talking about right now. But maturity navigates difficulty. It doesn't run from it. Maturity navigates difficulty. Because difficulty is a part of relationships and mature people learn to navigate it instead of dipping out ghosting because something in us is refusing to deal with the difficulty properly 
Somebody say amen. And this really goes back to honor, folks. This goes back to honor. Honor is simply a word in scripture. It's all over the scripture, but it really just speaks of value. So when the scripture speaks of honoring one another, honoring all people, honoring the Lord, honoring this, our spouse, right? Um, it speaks of value. So ghosting is devaluing people. Uh, ghosting is not valuing this person that you, I believe, genuinely love and care about. And so we have to learn how to navigate difficulty, not only for the sake of our own maturity, but because this person actually matters to you, right? So here we go. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. This is actually a scripture memory verse. Our kids are memorizing. Um, cling to what is good. <laughs> anyway, just reminding me how they say it. They kind of sing it. Uh, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Okay? So this is value. It's basically that honor is, I'm going to, I am not going to allow the difficulty of this relationship, my own issue or insecurity or just unwillingness to deal with the issue. I'm not going to allow that to cause me to devalue this human being. I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk through this. It might be an end of a relationship. It might be a different approaching a, a, a change, a shift in the relationship, but just Ghosting people is, is not of God. It's not okay. All right, can I get an amen, somebody? Here's the question we need to ask. Lord, what is it in me that is causing me to ghost people? Right, what is it in me that's causing me to do this? All right, and so, you know, people that ghost are avoiding an uncomfortable situation. I mean, you can look this up, like psychologists and whatever. Like this is based, this is just, this applies. This is like the truest definition of this, this phrase we use nowadays. But ghosting reveals a person's inability to communicate in difficulty. Okay? Um, look, I'm not beating up the ghosters, those ghosting. This isn't an attack on you. I'm saying, Lord, I want to mature. I want to grow. I want to value people. So let, let's, let's adjust this. Let's change this. Ghosting, and, and this is an extreme one. And I looked this up, and this is like a, maybe more of a, in the world of psychology and relational psychology and psychiatric, you know, that kind of, even the medical world of behavior, okay? But this, this is a kind of a strong phrase, but I'll read it as, as I've kind of studied this a little bit. Ghosting is a passive-aggressive form of abuse, okay? And um, because somebody's hurt, this is their, this is, could be like a revenge thing because they know it'll hurt the other person. There's like this weird, twisted satisfaction in this revenge. And the way the revenge is served is through ghosting. So it hurts and confuses the one that's been ghosted and it reveals undealt with issue, issues in the ghoster. <laughs> okay, this sounds weird saying these words because I don't even think they're real words, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Here it is, Colossians 3.13. This is, this is, the, this is the standard of healthy, right? The word of God. And it says this, bury with one another. Okay? It means we need to learn to put up with one another. That's what it really means. Okay? And forgiving one another. 
If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also must, so you also must do. Okay? So this word bearing means to complete a process. This this is like the antithesis, the 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 it's like an antonym of ghosting. Is we don't ghost one another, we bear with one another. And even if it's the end, a shift, a change in the transition, we're gonna be, we're gonna take the high road because we value the person and we value our own maturity. And so we're going to communicate in the transition instead of just dipping out and avoiding the potential even difficult conversation because we desire to be healthy people. Which brings us to our final point. Don't miss the blessing of relational resilience. All right? There's a blessing in sticking with it. There's a blessing in staying in the game. There's a blessing in having internal fortitude and resilience about you. Say, man, I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to talk about this. Even if you need time to process, go ahead and take your time to process, but return to that person. Sometimes even practically, here, I'm going to give you a practical example. Let's say there's some tension. You're, you thought somebody did something wrong. They did something wrong. They hurt you. They, they, they violated something. Some I, I don't know, whatever. You're frustrated with this person. Then what you do, and even if you're not ready, in the exact moment to talk about it. You need to process it, you need to pray, you wanna make sure you're gonna act right. You know, I understand, like, I'm not ready right now. Understand that. Okay, so what you do, though, to socially commit yourself is set an appointment with that person in some context. Because it allows you time to process it, but it also commits you, I gotta do this. And many times, sometimes those things, once you talk to the person, it's nothing that you thought. Sometimes I really believe part of it is just the ploy of the enemy to bring division and stuff. And imagine if you didn't communicate, you're just assuming. Sometimes if we're honest, a lot of things we're assuming, we don't know. We don't know. And maybe we, we may be hearing the other perspective. It's like, okay, we're cool. Because I thought, but I was wrong. Or even if you're right, and they're absolutely wrong. Okay, schedule it. Set that appointment. Put it on the calendar. And, it, and, and, and you got you to gotta, you gotta follow through. And don't ghost them on the appointment, all right? So once again, don't miss the blessing of relational resilience, okay? So what do I do? Here we go. I'm gonna just give you some practical things here and then we're gonna pray. So um, what do we do then? As we've said, it's kind of the theme of today is lean into the uncomfortable, okay? What do I mean by that? Is in communicating with people and having conversation, talking about issues, working through things, How about this? Be quiet and listen to the other person when you even feel that you are right. Give them the time. I'll be honest with you. uh, That scripture challenges me all the time. Be that James, in James, the book of James, I think it's James chapter one, right? But be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So quick to listen. How do I navigate this? What what does resiliency look like? Lean into the uncomfortable by zipping your lip and listening to the other person. Um, what, What else? Have the hard talks. If you're in a relationship and there's never any hard talks, ever, 
Doesn't, doesn't mean argument. Doesn't even mean argument. Doesn't even mean loud voice. Doesn't mean screaming, yelling, throwing things, hitting each other. It just means hard talks, uncomfortable talks. Um, if there are no hard talks, no environments of real talk, confrontation in some way, then that relationship is lacking intimacy because we as human beings, it's required, it's requisite to have these kind of talks. Um, and I already said this, but I, I'm just reading from my notes. I got three more. Make the much needed appointment with that person. Make it, schedule it, right? And, and don't revert all appointments to texting, okay? I love texting, uh, but some things need to be face-to-face -face in person because the person's worth that. They're worth it. The relationship is worth it. The person is worth it, okay? Uh, once again, I'm just saying these things just a little bit different way, but just reiterating, leaning into the uncomfortable. Here it is, shed the tears, engage in the real talk, right? Shed the tears and engage in the real talk, okay? Here it is, and you might say, well, what if the other person whatever, go sideways, doesn't want to listen, still, what you know, there's no resolve, no, let's just say restoration doesn't happen based on their own initiative, the other person, things out of your control, right? Let's say that they're just, okay, they're, they're not going to take a step. From them, for their viewpoint, as far as it looks, it's over, they're walking the other way, even if they just flat out diss you, right? Could happen. It probably has happened, right? But here it is. I'm going to end with this. If your efforts do not better the relationship, guaranteed, because of your efforts, you will be better for it, okay? Um, because this is the thing about relationships is we cannot control the other person. We do not control their response. We do not control the outcome. But we need to do our part, right? If at all possible, the, the scripture says, be at peace with all people. Right? And so here we go. Let me read it one more time. If your efforts do not better the relationship, okay, guarantee you'll be better because of your efforts. All right? Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for everybody here today uh, hearing this word. And I just pray that they just, they just kind of absorb the word that's been spoken today, that they receive it so they can bear some fruit in relationships. I pray that even some of these practical tools and things can help them navigate and walk through relationships better. Lord, I pray you make us better. Make us, create in us a clean heart. Make us more like Jesus so we can be better in our relationships. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.